Good morning, Gospel Hope. Hope you're having a good week. Hope you're having a great week uh, this past week. And the praise and honor to our King. Amen. We praise him for what he has done for us. And we praise him for uh, what he's going to do uh, in our midst. And uh, thank you uh, to the band for preparing our hearts <clears throat> to hear God's word uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4 this morning as we continue with our series on who is this. But before we uh, get into our text, I just want to say on behalf of myself and uh, my entire family, <clears throat> thank you so much for your love, your care, your support. Uh, many of you know that we, uh, we moved about uh, five months ago from Wisconsin here to Atlanta. And uh, we just praise the Lord for what the Lord is doing here uh, at Gospel Hope. And we thank you for your hospitality and for welcoming us. Uh, it's been amazing. So uh, we praise the Lord for Gospel Hope for all of you. And uh, we are excited to see what the Lord is going to do uh, in Gospel Hope and through all of us. And also we're excited about our uh, Gospel Hope in Espanol. And uh, we're praying and uh, we're hoping for next year, April uh, 2022. 20, uh, so uh, we're already uh, making uh, connections and relationship with uh, Spanish families. And uh, we want to see a um, Spanish congregation uh, here uh, next year, Lord willing. So we're excited. We are looking forward. Uh, there's actually currently right here now uh, some of the, uh, the folks that have joined our community group. And uh, we are actually uh, starting today. We're translating uh, the messages from English to Spanish so we can uh, uh, continue on with that relationship. So praise the Lord for what he's doing. And again, thank you for your love, care, and support. Uh, it's been amazing, and um, uh, for myself and, and our family, we are enjoying what the Lord is doing uh, here, and we are excited to be part with you of Gospel Hope. So uh, the title of the message uh, this morning is The Calmer of Our Hearts, as we continue answering this question, who is this? Who is this? Today we're going to be looking at who is this? He is uh, the calmer of our hearts. So let's pray and ask the Lord to uh, help us uh, this morning. <clears throat> Father, thank you for who you are, your goodness to us. And as we get into our text, uh, the passage that we have in front of us this morning, I just pray that you would be honored, glorified, and exalted. Thank you, Lord, for uh, your goodness to us and uh, help us, Lord, to uh, be faithful to you. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the people here, and um, those that are watching online as well. And uh, Lord, help us have a great time around your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The calmer of our hearts. Uh, in January of 2007, uh, I made a trip from the Dominican Republic, where I was living at that time, all the way to the island of Guam in the Pacific, uh, where my fiance, uh, my wife today, was living at the time. And uh, we were going to get or we got engaged on, on that trip in January 2007. So flying from the Dominican all the way to Guam and, and getting all that, I call it the most expensive engagement. Uh, that's, that's what I call it, but, but the most amazing and worth it engagement. But something really interesting happened on that trip. Uh, on, our, on my way to, uh, from Guam to the Dominican Republic, um, the flight from uh, Hawaii to uh, Chicago was going great until we experienced a really bad uh, turbulence. Uh, 
And it wasn't just a bad one. I mean, it, it, it was rough, and it was getting worse and worse as, as we kept going to the point that I started to think, well, Lord, this is it. I'm coming home. At least I got engaged. You know, I'm thinking, <laughs> I said, well, the Lord, thank you for letting me get engaged, but I'm coming home. <laughs> you know, people in the plane were, I mean, they're getting nervous. They're getting antsy. Uh, they don't know what to do. Uh, I mean, the plane is just like really shaking and just literally going up and down and, and shaking extremely hard. But, but in the midst of all that, in the middle of that terrible turbulence, there is something that brought calmness to our hearts. And of course, you know, for me, you know, first and foremost, Christ knowing that I am secure in Christ. But in that flight, the voice of the pilot for some reason, brought some calmness. When you're going through all that and you hear it through the speakers, uh, I am the pilot and we are doing all we can to get you through Chicago and to be able to land safely. For some reason, you know what I'm saying? That's just like, oh, okay. I mean, you know, okay, we're, we're hearing his voice and, you know, he's, he's in the sense of the, of the flight, you know, he's, he's in control and, and he's trying, he's, he's working hard, doing all he can to make us, to make us uh, land safely. And in and, and my mind and in my heart, I was, I was moving, I was going from being okay to like, oh no, this is, this is, this is going down, it's not going to happen. And then you hear the voice of the pilot, and they're like, okay, I think we're going to make it, okay. Uh, we can breathe. And then again, like, okay, this is, this is not going to happen. So I was going through all those emotions, but I can tell you something that there was calmness when the pilot's voice would come through again until we were able to, praise the Lord, get through the storm. And I was thinking about that right here in this passage Jesus in this story is going to show us that he is the ultimate calmer of our hearts. That whatever, listen, that whatever the situation is, no one is able to calm our hearts, to give us peace to your heart, to our hearts like Jesus can. I mean, the question that we have been answering, who is this, is going to be clearly answered in this passage by Jesus himself. We'll see clearly that Jesus is going to affirm who he said he was, the Son of God. We're going to see here Jesus being in complete control of the situation. Just like the pilot's voice brought calmness and, and comfort, even though we're in the midst of a very, very hard situation. Listen, Jesus brought not only to the disciples, but also to all of us today, he brings a powerful and a supernatural calmness because he is the true son of God. So as we unfold this text this morning, here's, here's the central point. You and I need to recognize that Jesus alone is the calmer of our hearts. At the end of our time, I hope that you live this place recognizing, acknowledging, knowing that Jesus alone is the calmer of our hearts. 
So, so how do we see this in, this in this text? Well, look at verses 35 and 38. Because our first point this morning is Jesus is present in your storm. Jesus is present in your storm. In your storm. So don't forget his presence. Look at verse 35. It says, on that day when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him alone since he was in the boat, and others' boats were with him. Verse 37, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. He was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care that we are going to die? I mean, you got the disciples, you got Jesus, you have uh, even other people uh, here in this story, other boats that, that join Jesus and the disciples and they're sa- sailing. They're going towards the other side of the sea and a huge storm came upon them. And this is, this is not a, a, a small thing. They're right in the middle of the sea. Number two is in the evening, verse 35 said, on that day when evening had come. So it was in the night, it was dark. They encountered the cyclone, a big and a fearful hurricane. And Jesus and the disciples were right in the midst of that storm. I don't know if you've ever been in a storm, but growing up in the Dominican Republic in an island, uh, I remember in high school, went through a really bad hurricane. My entire family is in the house, and we're trying to figure out what to do with, with the rain and the wind and, and the walls shaking. And you go up and down trying to cover all your windows and making sure there's no water and nothing going on. And, and, and you're panicking, and you're fearful, and you don't know what to do. Several years ago, when we used to live in the island of Guam, they got typhoons there, even bigger. And I remember one of those and, and, and doing the same thing. And tons of fear, and you're inside, and water is coming through the windows and the doors, and you don't know what to do, and you're panicking, and you're fearful. I mean, and the disciples here, the same way they're watching the wave going over them. And it was so bad that the boat was filling with water, and they had only one conclusion for their life. We are going to die. The boat is sinking, is swamped. This is it. I mean, but you got to think also that you're talking to some of these men that were very good at, uh, uh, in the sea. They were experienced fishermen, so, so they knew the sea very well. But, I mean, I can help but to think, probably they have not seen a storm like this. They're like, you know, we, we have gone through storms. We, we know what it is to be in the sea. I mean, we can handle this. But this one, man, this one is like very unique. It's like, we're, we're, we're just going to die. This is it. But here's the question. Who told the disciples, let's go over to the other side of the sea? What does it say? Look at verse 35. Let's go over to the other side of the sea. Who said that? Jesus. Jesus told the disciples, hey, let's get on the boat And we are going to cross to the other side. So he meant what he told them. And they were all in there, including Jesus, and they were going to make it to the other side. Because Jesus told them. You might be be thinking also, why was Jesus sleeping in the middle of the storm? (laughs) 
I mean, verse 38 says he was in the stern sleeping on the cushion. I mean, what, what was he sleeping all through the, through the storm? I mean, you can see here beautifully the humanity of Christ. If you read the verses before that, you know that Jesus had a very, very busy day doing ministry. And the disciples watched Jesus doing ministry all the way till the night. So Jesus was tired. And you see the humanity of Jesus Christ. But also we are going to see that Jesus is not also showing here his humanity. I'm a human being. But also we're going to see later that Jesus was also testing their faith. Because he wanted to grow their faith. Jesus already told the disciples, we are going to make it to the final destination. And he was going to be with them. Where was Jesus? Look at verse 38 again. He was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. In other words, he was in the boat with them. They were not alone. But for some reason... The disciples forgot what they just saw about Jesus doing miracles and healing and doing ministry. And they forgot who Jesus was. Listen to me. They, they, they forgot who was in the boat present with them. Their minds couldn't remember who he was sitting with them on the boat. And as, as I'm thinking about this, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of his promises. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes, goes with you. He will never, what? Leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 43 says, Now is what the Lord says. The one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel, do not fear. For I have, listen, redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will what? Be with you. And the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched. And the flame will not burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. Matthew 28, 20 says, and remember Jesus telling his disciples, I am with you when? Always to the end of the age. John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming word to you. You got these promises today that we are not alone. That whatever storms we, we go through, Jesus is present right there in your boat with you. And what Jesus wants to do is, as he takes you from one side to the other side, right in the middle of the storm, Jesus wants to remind all of us today that he is present with you, that he is not going to leave us alone, that he has promised to be in the midst with us. He himself will be with us from beginning to the end. So remember, Jesus and only Jesus is the calmer of your heart. He's present with you in your boat, but even more than that, he's not only present with you, but he lives in you. He is the great Emmanuel, God with us, God in us through his spirit. 
That's why he says in 1 John 4, 4, you are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Whatever the life storm you are facing right now, we can know for sure that we are not facing it alone because Jesus is right there with you. Jesus is not just there. The promise of Jesus being there is not just to be there. But Jesus is there because he also is ready to help you. And that's the second point. Jesus is ready to help you in the storm, so don't forget his power. Don't forget his presence. Don't forget his power. I mean, look at verse 30a again. He was, he, was, uh, he was sleeping, so they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we are going to die? Verse 39 says, He got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased, and, and there was a great calm. I mean, in a situation that was, it was dark, it was out of control, panicking all over. The disciples got to the point that they didn't know what to do, but to do the next thing. And it was, we have to wake up Jesus. I mean, can you imagine this? Waves going all over. The boat is, is sinking, and they know they're going to die, and, and they're probably just, just trying to get as much water as they, can, as they can out of the boat, and it's just not going anywhere, and, and, and the wind is, is raging, and they don't know what to do, and they're getting water out and water out, and they're trying everything they can in their own strength to get out of the situation, and Jesus was right there with them, and, and they're like, oh, wait a second, well, Jesus is here with us. So after all possibilities, they went to Jesus. Uh, it's really interesting the phrase that they said in verse, verse 30a at the end. He said, teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? Like we, including Jesus? I mean, don't you see their thinking here? I mean, they're including Jesus in their death. We're sinking, and Jesus is going to sink with us. And Jesus, if you don't wake up and help us here, we all going to die, including you. I mean, don't you, don't you see what, what's going on in their minds? After trying everything they can, they're, they're, they're not even thinking right. Having no idea what Jesus was going to do next. And bring, bringing the great calm into the sea and the wind. Listen, listen to this. So many times we try to get out of a difficult situation when he wants to calm our hearts in that situation. So many times we think that way. Jesus, when is it that I'm going to get out of this? Aren't you seeing what I'm going through? Are you awake, Jesus? Can you, can you see what I'm, what I'm going through? Can you see the situation in my family? Can you see the situation in my, in my work? Can you see the situation in society? 
Don't you see, Jesus, what I'm going through? And Jesus is, is right here, and he wants to calm our hearts in our situation. Not only that, instead of trying to get out of a difficult situation, remember that Jesus is in complete control of that, your situation. And only Jesus has the power to help you. You know, I don't know if you're like me, but to be honest, sometimes I go to, uh, I know Jesus is, is, is present in my situation. And, and you talk to other people and, and you say, hey, hey, brother, hey, sister, Jesus is with you. Take, take courage. And then the person goes home and it's like, yeah, I know Jesus is with me, but, and we forget that the power and the help in that situation is only found in believing that Jesus will do it. And he will get us through. And it's amazing how Jesus here in verse 39, he gets up and he rebukes the wind. And he says, silence, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm, a powerful demonstration now of the deity of Jesus. Not only the humanity of Jesus, now the disciples are seeing, man, wow, who is this guy? <laughs> I mean, literally, he muzzled the wind, and he brought a great calm, not only to the wind, but to the entire sea. Only Jesus can do that. There is a part in the Dominican Republic of the ocean that is known by uh, a place where, where the waves are, are really, really high, really, really strong. And people still go there and swim, and, and, and it could be very dangerous, especially when it rains or when there's high winds. And, I mean, the, the waves are huge, but people just go there. They go with the wave, and, and they have fun in the water. Da, da, da. But can you imagine if I show up to that place and I stand in the middle of the water, I'm standing on the sand, and I rebuke the waves, and I say, silence, peace be still. What do you think is going to happen in those people's minds? What's going to be their question? Yeah, who is this guy? Where did you come from? We've never seen something like this in years that we've been swimming here. No one has come and done this. That is exactly what is going in the disciples' minds. So listen to me. When, when your mind is, is spinning in all kinds of directions because you don't know what to do. When your heart is full of fear, anxiety, and panic. When, you're, when your entire life seems like, like it's going to explode. Remember Psalm 46 that says, stop fighting and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and what? And earth, indeed the protector of Israel, does not slumber or what? Or sleep. Man, they forgot the Old Testament stories of God's amazing power. 
But listen to Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. He says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, talking about Christ, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Listen, let us hold fast to our confession, what you believe. He says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to what? With our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. So, so here's the invitation now. Let us, therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive what? Mercy and find grace when? Help when we need it. So don't lose heart. Because Jesus is the calmer of our hearts. And he also said in John 16, I have told you this thing so that in me you may have what? That you will have, you're going to have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have what? I have conquered the world. Listen, we're, we're incompetent. But Jesus, Jesus Christ is completely competent to give us the help that we need when we need it. He's ready to help you. And only Christ could do that. I mean, think about this. If Christ has the power over nature, don't you think he's powerful enough to take care of you? Your creation even more than that, if you know Christ as your personal Savior, you are his or her child. And he's going to take care of you. It doesn't matter whatever storms you're going through. Jesus is right there present with you in your storm. And he has the power to help you. But number three, not only the presence, not only the power, but look at now the purpose. Jesus wants to build your faith during the storm. So don't forget his purpose. Look at verse, look at verse 40. Then he said to them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? To be honest, when I read that, I'm thinking... Man, the disciples are, <laughs> they just went through a very, very rough time in their lives. They thought, we're not going to make it. This is it. They just saw Jesus doing an, an awesome and unbelievable miracle. <laughs> and Jesus looks at them. I say, why are you afraid? If I'm one of the disciples, I'm going, uh, really? Uh, why am I afraid? Uh, Jesus, you slept the whole storm. Like, you did not see anything in their minds. Like, we just went through this rough spot. And you're telling us, Jesus, like, why are you so afraid? Come on. We were at the point that we were going to die. We were going to sink. And everything is going to be lost. Do you know what Jesus is doing right here? He's, he's not telling them, why are you so afraid? He's not telling them, you still have no faith. 
to mock them. He's saying, where was your faith? Didn't you see an entire day of ministry and the power of God? And if you keep reading, do you see even more? But didn't you see, don't you remember who is with you in the boat? Didn't you see the power of calming the sea and bringing great calm to your situation? So can you trust me? Can you have faith believing that I am who he said I, I am? Jesus right here is in the business of growing their faith. And Jesus is still in the business of growing our faith. Building our faith. So when we go through hard situations in life, that as we continue to trust in him, through his word, by the power of the spirit that we know that he's not only present, that he's not only powerful, but that he is doing a great work in us because he wants to use us in a greater way. And he is going to use the storms of life to make, you more, to make us more like him. James 1, 2 and 3 says, Consider a great joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of what? is right there. Where is your faith? Of your faith. So this produces what? Endurance. They were not going to have Jesus the whole time. When Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent them Holy Spirit to carry them, to take them. To the ends of the world, preaching the gospel. But there was going to be hard times coming to the disciples. And Jesus is teaching them through the, the three years that he was with them. Hey, I'm, I'm strengthening your faith. I'm building your faith. It's like, you know, any sports. If you play sports, you know, I, I'm, my, my daughter started playing basketball. And... You know, all the kids, all they want to do is just play. They want to play the game. <clears throat> but they don't want to practice. Like, why do we have to practice? You know, it's like, coach, coach, me, me, I'm out. Yeah, okay, who wants to practice? Hey, mom, let's go home. Why? Because we want to play. We want to be in the game. But we don't want to do the practice. We don't want to go Tuesday. We don't want to go Thursday. We don't want to go Saturday. We don't want to get up and do the drills and do what we need to do. Hey, you don't do that like this. This is how you do it. And, and we don't like that sometimes. It's like, hey, you know. But what is the point of the practice? So when you get in the game, you know what? You know what to do. Just exactly what Jesus is doing with the disciples. That's exactly what Jesus wants to do in your life. Because when he said, I will take you to the other side, between this side and the other side, right here, Jesus is building your faith. And he's strengthening you. So when you get to the other side and there's ministry and work to do, you are like, man, bring it in. We're ready to roll. Because we know who was with us. We know his power. We have experienced his power. And he is in the business of growing 
us. So we need to act upon the faith that we already have as his or her children. And the story ends like this, verse 41. And they were terrified and asked one another, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. I mean, it wasn't a fear of like, uh, we don't, we don't, we don't want to be with Jesus. No. It was a fear of an awe. Like, like, like who is this guy? Like, we, we're just trying to figure out who he is. I mean, all the miracles that he already did. And now look at what he did with the wind and the sea. And, and it's like, who, who is this? And not only that. They were not only in awe, but they were only amazed by Jesus. And the only words that could have come out was, who, who is this guy? Who is he? I mean, have you ever asked that question to yourself? In your life, Christ coming through, that you have no idea what was going to happen, how was going to pay that, how was the Lord going to provide, how am I going to be able to go through this terrible situation, this suffering, and in the power of the Spirit, God comes through and helps you, and you're like... <laughs> Who else but Christ? You know, our faith is tested and built in the storms of life. So when we come to the other side, we can come looking more like Jesus and trusting more in Jesus. So listen, you don't work for faith. You don't work for grace. You start with grace. We start with faith, and that makes all the difference. Believing in Christ for salvation, but also keep believing in him until the end, until we see him face to face, trusting, depending that God is doing a work in our life so he can work through our lives for his glory and for his honor. You know, when I was, when I was going through that really, really stuff, uh, hard Turbulence in that flight from uh, Hawaii to Chicago. One question came to my mind. And that was just me. It's like, is this pilot or whoever is flying the plane, it, is it like a, you know, rookie, you know, has he been flying for two or three years? Or is this like a, you know, veteran, you know, 20 plus years? I don't know. That's just like I... But then we got through, and we landed in Chicago. And then I asked myself a second question. Who is this pilot? Who is this guy? Like, I want to meet this guy. He, just, just me thinking again, he must be really good. <laughs> he must be a great pilot. Maybe a lot of experience. What I didn't know <clears throat> was that for that pilot... That was his last, his very last flight for that airline. 
And when we landed, <clears throat> there were fire trucks all over, splashing water into our, into our plane. And we're like, okay, another emergency. What's, what's, uh, what's going on? What's on fire here? You know, and just keep just, just splashing water. And we heard through the speaker, you know, we want to congratulate to our captain, whatever, however many years. And this was his very last flight with our company. Woo, everybody clapping and, you know, yeah. You know, I asked to myself, wow, man, I wish I would have known that in the middle of that storm. Hey, you know, we are in control, I'm a, and I'm an experienced pilot, been flying for whatever. This is my last flight, and I will get you home safely. I want to, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm, but I would have I loved to know. So, okay, you know, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, for the disciples, I mean, this is early in, in the ministry of, of Jesus, and they're trying to figure out who, who is this guy. But listen, listen, brothers and sisters, for you and I, we, we, don't, we, we have the question answered right here in front of our eyes. We know who he is. We know, praise God, we know because of God's word that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he is our savior. He is our redeemer. He is our Lord. He is our helper. So listen, don't worry about the size of your storm. Gaze your eyes on the greatness of your God. Do that every day. Gaze on the greatness of who Christ is. I remember the chorus of this song entitled, Wherever You Are. It says, whatever you are, whatever you're going, God is right there beside you. Seeing and knowing, whatever you go, he already knows what lies ahead and what's behind you will always find he is never too far from wherever you are. He's never too far from wherever you are. So what do we do? What do we do in our situations? What do you do in your storm? What do you do with the calmer of our hearts? Number one, cling to Jesus. He is real. He is alive. He paid the penalty of our sins. He took our place on the cross. He raised from the dead so he is alive. And that's why we can have life in him because of Jesus. Number two, cry out to Jesus. If I can put it this way, wake Jesus up. He's there with you. But you got to ask. You got to come to Jesus I said, Lord, I don't know what else to do. But if you're truly the son of God, you are the calmer of hearts. Jesus, can you come through? And I'm crying out to you. He's more than ready to help you. His arms are wide open. He already conquered. And that's why, according to Romans chapter 8, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And then last one. Contemplate Jesus. Contemplate Jesus. He wants to build your faith so we can bear much fruit for him and for his kingdom. The more you know him, the more you will be in awe and amaze 
and you will contemplate him for who he is as he continues to work in us to sanctify us and to make us more light like his son. So what are you going to do this morning with the calmer of of our hearts? Listen, Jesus and Jesus alone is the calmer of our hearts. So I don't know your situation. I don't know what you're going through right now. But I do know for sure that if you cling to Jesus, if you cry out, you'll contemplate his majesty. You will experience his presence, his power, and you will understand the purpose of your storm. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are, Lord. So I want to give you some time, gospel hope, take a couple minutes. You can kneel down, you can come to the altar, you can pray with somebody. Take some time and talk to God. Talk to Jesus, the calmer of your heart. Lord, I pray that if there's someone here that is wondering, who is this? That they will come and and talk to us. We want to share with you the good news of the gospel. The gospel answers, who is this? Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for your promises. Help us, Lord, today, this week, to continue to trust in you, the calmer of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray.